Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. This week, we look ahead to 2022 and how best to set yourself up for success with investing, with a special focus on financial planning. With Phil Attreed, Head of Wealth Specialists, Rob Smith, Head of Behavioural Finance, and Lee Platt, Wealth Planning Director. If you are new to investing, want to learn more about investing, or want tips on how to manage your long-term financial plans, check out our sister podcast channel, Money Plan, available on Apple, Spotify and SoundCloud. Hello and welcome to another edition of Word on the Street. And let me first say Happy New Year to you all and welcome to our first podcast of 2022. Now, given it's the start of the year, this week we're going to be discussing, I suppose, how investors can set themselves up uh, for success, if you like, with a specific focus on financial planning. So I'm joined today by Lee Platt. He's a wealth planning director in our wealth management business and actually uh, uh, features regularly on our sister podcast, uh, Money Plan. We've also got Rob Smith, who also features on that and these sessions as well. He, of course, is the head of behavior finance here at Barclays Wealth. So Rob, Happy New Year. I wanted to come to you first. Now, this is obviously a time when many people have made some New Year's resolutions, uh, many of which may well be about our finances. But speaking from experience, it's sometimes hard to make some of these resolutions stick. So can you maybe shed some behavioural light on this? Yes, uh, Happy New Year, Phil. I I think this is a really interesting area and New Year's resolutions and resolutions more generally, it seems that everyone is reasonably aware that we don't tend to be very good at it, but we still seem doomed to kind of carry on making them and, and repeat the same mistakes. So when you look at sort of the data that there is available out there um, and the studies that have been done, there's a host of them that show the vast majority of resolutions, over 90% or so, don't succeed. And actually a really recent study last year showed that two in three had been abandoned within a month. Now, if you want to you know, look at something, a very specific example, Strava, which is a social network for kind of fitness activity um, that, that is used kind of globally by, by lots of users, has analysed over 100 million activities and believes that it's pinpointed that the first Thursday of January, which will be the 20th of January in 2022, as the day where most were likely to abandon their fitness resolutions. Wow, that's um, probably worse than even I would have thought. So why is it that we struggle so much with these resolutions? And I suppose more pertinent to this podcast, you know, is this particularly acute for financial or investment goals? Yeah, well, I mean, what's clear is there's no there's no lack of intention. That's for sure. Everyone's very keen to try and you know change behaviour, um, you know, create new goals, you know, strive forward. However, it's converting this into action, which is the issue. And, and there are a few barriers. One issue. Uh, is that it's it's especially for for financing i suppose is it's very hard to understand how delaying or, or putting off action now which is often you know the easiest thing to do will kind of come back to cost ourselves in the future and this is particularly true for financial planning where the delay between the decision we make you know which is now whether we do anything or not and when we experience the effect of it is so long we find it you know hard to imagine what our lives will be like in 20 or 30 years time and how taking action now will really improve kind of our future lives. So that makes it difficult. But I guess another really kind of key issue is that New Year's resolutions for financial goals, similar to fitness goals, are often kind of grand and vague in nature. So it's 
difficult to succeed if your goal is simply to like sort of save more or sort out my finances or make a financial plan. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's always going to be difficult with those sorts of large kind of vague goals. So, I mean, on that topic of putting together a financial plan, Lee, maybe I'll turn to you and Happy New Year to you as well. The last UK budget was in November of last year, 2021. And, you know, for those who are maybe less aware or forgotten, were there any specific considerations that investors should have been taking away from that budget? Hi, Phil, and uh, Happy New Year to you. Yeah, I mean, I suppose from a, from a tax perspective, the landscape for investors following the last budget remains pretty much unchanged. I suppose this provides a, a current environment where we, we know what the playing field looks like. So I suppose a key message for investors would be not to delay in taking any action or putting plans in place to meet their objectives, um, whatever they may be. I mean, in some ways, that's good news. And I mean, Rob, on the flip side, though, if there's no impetus from any changing rules that are going to force me to, to sort of make any changes... And you've acknowledged that achieving plans can be quite difficult. I guess it's very easy you know, to simply not bother to make a plan, to just simply you know, carry on managing things day to day, you know, as I guess many people do. Yeah, that, that, is, that might be tempting. And I, I'm going to say so, it may sound extremely obvious, but those who plan are much more likely to achieve better financial outcomes. It's not always necessarily obvious, but it's it's true, and we've seen we see that through various studies and, and analysis, various bits of data. A propensity to plan has been shown not just to improve kind of actual objective financial health, so you know how your money is actually doing, but also subjective financial well-being and satisfaction. So people who make a plan generally are happier, whether or not you know their their money is actually growing any more than someone who didn't have a plan. So it's well worth investing the time to put together that sort of a financial plan and, and, and also develop good habits. And I think the key thing I want to highlight is, you know, you don't need to map out everything you're going to spend money on way into the future, which is sometimes maybe what puts people off, you know, wanting to start engaging in this topic. But it's but you, good to have an idea of what it is that you're working towards, what it is you're aiming for. And so what are some of the tips that you might have for helping to set and achieve some of these goals? I think, you know, for, for most people, you know, wealth, growing your money, accumulating more, you know, it's a means to an end, not the end itself. So my advice would be to really think about why you're making a plan, investing in the first place, whether it be for a property purchase, paying for education, retirement. Um, I think the key thing is make it tangible. So if you have goals like that, you know, that, that you can kind of visualize, write it down somewhere, like have a picture of it, whether it's a property that you're looking to buy whether it's you know your children going to school small things like that help you to kind of visualize the target and it drives an emotional response that's more likely to get you to there and for kind of take action off the back of that i can relate to that being in the middle of a build myself at the moment so that picture of uh, of the dream house is uh, some way off for me or it certainly feels that way just at the moment but might uh, might might be the case at some point. So Lee, you know, after you've helped clients think about their goals and started to build out a plan, an important consideration is, of course, around maximising the use of tax-efficient investments. Could you share what sort of things investors should be aware of and thinking about in, in this area? Yeah, absolutely, Phil. So I'm having lots of conversations with clients around utilising tax efficient investments, especially, you know, where we are in this time of year leading up to the, the tax year end 
on the on the 5th of April. There are a few HMRC approved tax efficient investments which are highly valuable but can be widely underutilized. And, and these are things like um, ISAs where £20,000 per individual can be saved into uh, ISA each year which offer tax-free returns. It could also cover pensions. That's a way to get tax relief on making pension contributions. They also benefit from tax-free growth inside of the pension vehicle. Uh, and I've also got some additional inheritance tax benefits, which means that these remain a really highly efficient vehicle for investing through. There are also other investments like venture capital trusts, VCT, and enterprise investment schemes, EIS. And these also offer valuable tax relief benefits for investors who are happy to take on a higher level of investment risk. Now, we could spend a whole episode discussing these in detail, and we may well do so. Um, but the key to best understanding your options and how these could benefit you would be to seek advice and as I mentioned earlier, don't delay if you want to maximise your opportunities, certainly for the end of this tax year. Thanks, Lee. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly an awful lot that we can cover and, and you know, even more than you just briefly mentioned there. But hopefully that gives listeners you know, certainly a good basis to think around some starting points for, for planning. Taking advice may be obvious for people with more complex financial needs. But, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, many people probably don't feel that advice is really right for them or even relevant to them. Rob, what's, Rob, what's your view on, on financial advice and people's perceptions of it? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question. I think obviously financial advisors have you know, strong technical and, and product knowledge to help customers. But I think their ability to actually help you know, discuss goals, formulate a plan and then kind of realise those actions required are just as valuable as some of those technical skills. So I'm sure many may think that, you know, they don't need to get financial advice because perhaps they, you know, understand, you know, what most of what they think they need to understand around kind of the tax environment and the rules and wrappers available. However, you know, if you're someone who, you know, needs some help in terms of figuring out, you know, what those actions could be, or just in general struggle to sometimes stick to those plans and having a financial advisor can be really helpful. And I think just from personal experience, you know, uh, as a few years ago, like I took on a big sporting event and I was, I was thinking about paying for a coach in, in a similar way that, you know, as a, you might be thinking about employing a financial advisor and the coach would help create a training plan. But at the time I felt I knew enough about how to train and could get lots of information for the internet so I was like why do I need to pay someone to, to give me that information uh, in the end I actually decided to pay and, and, and have a coach use a coach for a period of time and and I was actually really really glad that I did because even knowing what I know I'd still underestimated quite how powerful it was to have someone you know not only help me build the plan it was probably better than I would have done myself but also help me stay committed and complete the actions required and so even if you know they, they're not there every day, they're not looking over your shoulder, but just knowing that someone is, is there to help you can make a big difference. It's obviously important to consider the cost of any advice you know, versus you know, the benefit. But when we're talking about you know, saving over the long term, you know, the benefits that can accrue from, from good advice can be significant. So it's, it's often worth um, considering for many. 
Thanks, Robin. A useful analogy there, which I'm sure again resonates with, with many of us. Lee, if I can turn to you next, something that you've talked about in previous uh, Word on the Street podcasts, and as I say, in particular, that Money Plan sister podcast that I referred to earlier on, is around an increase in clients wishing to discuss passing wealth onto their families. I think, you know, particularly some of the reset that we've seen in people's thinking about financial affairs over the last couple of years as, as, as people have sort of reflected on more time at home and, and around family and things like that. You know, is this still something that's quite prominent with investors? Is it something that you're still seeing prominent in the conversations that you're having? So, so in short, Phil, y- yes. I mean, given the backdrop of the pandemic over the last couple of years, you know, I've seen more and more clients thinking about their own mortality, thinking about looking to address their wider estate positions to ultimately try and preserve and protect more of the wealth for the family. And and that can either be to pass it on to the next generation now to see them use and enjoy that wealth when potentially they need it the most, um, and or uh, perhaps make plans for the future distribution of the wealth um, to the family and, and addressing things like inheritance tax, to help to pass more of the wealth on to beneficiaries. As I mentioned earlier, the landscape for planning in this space remains unchanged. So seeking advice you know, is really important to best understand your current position. A, a call to arms from me would be you know, the start of a new year is always a great time to review your plans and objectives. Um, seek advice to best understand your options. I'm, I'm always banging the advice drum. And, uh, and don't delay in taking action to help maximise your tax efficiency, to maximise the potential growth through the compounding returns uh, of investments and ultimately preserving more of the wealth for you and your family. Useful insights there. Thanks, Lee. And yeah, I mean, we've talked about the power of compounding uh, of returns before and how easy it is actually to underestimate the effect of this, particularly over longer periods of time. I know um, you and your financial planning colleagues um, you know, ha- have a keen focus on that when you're building out those long-term plans with clients. And I suppose it's also the case really for any tax-efficient savings as well and how important you know, they too can compound over time. So uh, you know, useful things to be thinking about at this time of year. Rob, any last thoughts or tips from you? Yeah, I think just something I'll, I guess to leave people with is that we can achieve a lot by simply writing down our plan, which details kind of what we want to do and what actions we'll take um, or, or won't take indeed when it comes to investing sometimes uh, in the future, whether that be for financial goals or any goals really. Think of it as kind of a contract yourself that's always you know, more likely to, to help you kind of get through some of those times in the future where you need to take action or, or, or not take action. I'd say keep it, keep it somewhere prominent, whether it's by your computer, on a notice board, wherever you are likely to be making you know, those decisions, whether it be financial decisions. Also, like, I guess one last thing is, is share it with your friends and family um, if you can. Like I know it's sometimes difficult with financial goals. It doesn't have to necessarily be the specifics, but having that shared will help create commitment that you need to kind of be successful in your in your decision making, whether that be as a financial plan or for as in making investments. And the last thing is that there's there's lots of apps out there, and it might sound um, a bit kind of throwaway, but some of them are really good in terms of helping people to maintain actions and, and, and break things down into bite-sized chunks. And, and a lot of what I've said is kind of 
used in, in a lot of those apps. So, you know, there are lots of things that people can do and look for in to support when they're, when they're thinking about their financial goals. Fantastic. Great. Thank you, Rob. Some useful actions to take away from the call today. And thank you also, Lee, for joining us and giving your insights as well. That leaves me just to thank our listeners for joining us once again as we head into 2022. Uh, If you do require any further information about Barclays Investing Services, please visit our barclays.co.uk forward slash investments webpages where you'll find lots of other information. Otherwise, we look forward to being back with you again next week where hopefully we'll be looking into whether 2022 may be the year for emerging markets. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation. All tax rules can change in future and their effects depend on your individual circumstances which can also change. We don't offer personal tax advice. You should obtain this independently if you are unsure. Investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.